Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. This is People Every Day. Coming up, recapping the Olympics' highs and lows and what you didn't see with people staffers still on the ground in Tokyo. Plus, remember Prancer, the so-called demonic chihuahua who hates men? I catch up with his new owner about her infamous rescue pet. It's August 9th. everyone. Welcome back to People Every Day. I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, and it is Monday. You know what I did this morning? I got up and I took a shower. Now, did I need to take that shower? Did I just want to? Was it even good for me? (laughs) I never thought showers would be such a hot button issue, but thanks to Hollywood, they are these days. It all kicked off when Ashton Kutcher went on Dax Shepard's Armchair Expert podcast and shared that he and wife Mila Kunis don't bathe themselves or their kids very often. In fact, he said they only bathe their kids when they practically see the dirt on them. Then you had actor Jake Gyllenhaal, who offered up the fact that he also finds it unnecessary to shower all that often and that he has found that we, quote, naturally clean ourselves. Enter a differing opinion. Dwayne The Rock Johnson has weighed in on Twitter in response to a fan who asked about his hygiene. He said, in part, I'm the opposite of a not showering themselves celeb. Shower cold when I roll out of bed to get my day rolling. Shower warm after my workout before work. Shower hot after I get home from work. And he added face wash, body wash, exfoliate, and I sing off key in the shower. (laughs) Now, that may seem excessive to some. I find myself somewhere in the middle, but to each their own, right? Ask your friends and family. You might be surprised where they fall on the bathing, showering spectrum. All right. Well, later in the show, it's all about the dogs. We are in the midst of people's annual rescue dog competition, and I catch up with a pretty famous pup, Prancer, the two-year-old chihuahua that went viral earlier this year after his previous owner described him as a man-hating, child-hating gremlin. (laughs) Despite the horrific resume, he's found a loving home with a woman named Ariel Davis, and I catch up with her and Prancer about what life is like for them now, so stay tuned for that. All right. So if you've been listening, we've been doing the Olympic news sprints with the help of my fabulous colleagues who are on the ground in Tokyo, Lindsay Kimball, Karen Misaguchi, and Adam Carlson. But today we are going to live in that space because the games are over and they're still there and they have so much to tell us that we couldn't get in in those little sprints we've been doing. So hi, you guys. How are you doing? Hi, Janine. Nice to see you. Nice to talk to you. Okay, so before we get into the Olympics, though, I have to ask about um, something that's happening back here in the States. Yes, remember? Remember the U.S.? Um, (laughs) Obama's 60th birthday party just happened in Martha's Vineyard, you guys. It is teeming out there with celebrities. So, Adam, take me through what we know specifically about 
44 and his big 60th. So let me break down what has become the most controversial and most star-studded birthday of the last four or five days. So Barack Obama <laughs> has turned 60. It's the big 6-0 for him. And they threw a, a, a party in Martha's Vineyard at their kind of holiday estate. They were going to have a big party. Several hundred people were expected to be there. And then with the Delta surge in parts of the country, the kind of fraught moment we're in with COVID, they changed all their birthday plans, right? So this is where the controversy comes in. People are wondering, why are we having a big birthday? A lot of Republicans who, um, you know, have a lot of disagreements with him anyway, were criticizing him. And then the Obamas said they were going to scale back. This is their language now. Remember this. They said scale back Mm -hmm. their party. We did hear in the course of our reporting that a lot of people didn't make the cut, that a lot of people were booted from that invite list. Uh, but of course, then the party was thrown this weekend, and we got a better look at who showed up and, and what the events who were. Who is there? And and the who is there is a who's who of who is there. I mean, it turns out, <laughs> as far as we know, and the Obamas are kind of playing coy, which is their right, but uh, it looks like it's about 200 people still. Um, a, mm-hmm. a, a lot of stars, some stars that they've worked with before. Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson were there. Gail King was there. Steven Spielberg was there. Uh, you know, we had some reporting come in um, that uh, Obama was really in his element and thriving and uh, dancing all night long and kind of relishing every moment. There was monograms of, of 44 by 60 because he's the 44th president turning 60. Oh, Adam, the fact that you are so aware and just adept at all of that from about 10,000 miles away in Tokyo is amazing. But let's get back to why you are where you are. Uh, the Tokyo Olympics, Lindsay, Karen, you guys are in your hotel room right now. It is what time? 11. <laughs> 11. 11 o'clock. You just finished dinner. How are you feeling? Like you're done. Like so Adam, to Adam, tell me tell me what's the vibe here and then we'll go Karen and then Lindsay. I mean, it's it's been such a, a blast. It's been so surreal. I never want to be the person complaining about being here covering the Olympics. I never want to be that person, right? Um <laughs> it it but it's strange and it's and it's exhilarating. Um we've mostly lived in hotel rooms and 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 buses and cafeterias because of COVID which is very understandable. We've been in the country so long now, some of those restrictions have lifted, so we've been able to get out. And And everyone in Japan is, is great. Tokyo is one of the great cities of the world. And it, you know, a few years ago, we all dreamed up that it was going to be a beautiful gateway for the world to experience, um, you know, Japan's major city for the summer games. The lucky few. They're, I mean, looking out and looking at the, you know, the games and not seeing anyone in the stands and 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 any of that. Like, so Karen, you, you have, family that's there. So what has the, the the feeling been on the ground? Yeah, I think it's a mix of people really appreciating that um, international travelers, whether it be athletes or just press in general, they get to experience Tokyo and Japan, even if it's amid these COVID times. Um, being, being here is unlike any other trip I've been on, and I've been here almost every year of my life. And so seeing it through that perspective and also understanding that there are some controversies given, you know, that there are protests. I think it's a good mix of having sports really unite everyone, especially um, around the country, around the world. And so overall, I think it's been a really great reception. So I've been enjoying it and really being grateful that this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Nice. And and Lindsay, okay, take me into the funniest moment you've had. Um, A funny moment actually happened last night when we were going to the closing ceremony. Oh my God, yes. I was hoping you would tell the story. (laughs) 
We went in through the gate that we had normally gone into other events at the Olympic Stadium uh, and followed a sign that said media left and somehow ended up in the athlete holding area. Uh, So all of the athletes in their garb to walk uh, for the final Parade of Nations were just kind of like hanging out in big grooves all around. And we were like, this is not where we're supposed to be. So we kind of sped through and and a worker helped us get to the right place. But that was kind of (laughs) surreal. And then to double it down on the way out leaving, we got turned around again and went out and we're like walking and walking. And we noticed that the people in front of us have Team Canada jackets on. And then we noticed that there's some athletes in what is very clearly Team USA gear. And we were like, oh, no, did we do it again? (laughs) So we asked a worker and she was like, well, if you keep going this way, you're going to go to the athletes village. So you need to turn around. So once again, we were man with the party. It was very, it was like we were all a little tired, but now we can laugh about it. And it was pretty funny. Craziness, craziness. Okay, back to the games. Tell me what was one of the moments that just really stood out to you as an American, being there, being able to watch it, um, be it, you know, winning a medal or even if it was a a losing moment or or a family moment where you saw um, someone really just kind of giving their all that really just stuck with you. Let's go with you, Karen. I was at swimming um, a lot and I saw Caleb Dressel when he was receiving his gold medal, you know, one of five, no big deal. Um, I could tell that <laughs> he was tearing up and, you know, given that they have to wear those masks, you can only really see their eyes, but he can t- definitely tell when the national anthem was, um, you know, going off and the flag was being raised and he was crying. And to him, I know that, you know, this isn't his first games, but for him to still be emotional for another medal, for another Olympic record, like it's still a big deal to him. So for me, um, watching him really relish that mm. moment. And after such a, a crazy year or two, you have to think of all the emotion that goes into it and how much work they did to get there. An extra year of, of trying to practice and, 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 and figure things out amid COVID and all of that. So I just know there was so much emotion there. What about you, Lindsay? I cried a lot during the opening ceremony because I just couldn't believe I was there. But <laughs> like happy cry. Um, Okay, Karen and I went to the final night of track and field and got to watch the men's and women's 4 by 100 400 relays win gold. And that was incredible. But then uh, immediately afterwards, the athletes go to this area that's called the mix zone, which is basically like a little red carpet area. So I ran down there to try and talk to them. And the women's relay team and the men's relay team got to the U.S. press area at the same time. And they were all like hyping each other up and goofing around and laughing. And I think it was just so fun to get to see the joy they feel and the camaraderie between the the Team USA athletes. And it just was really neat like to if, feel like you were behind the scenes of this like Team USA bonding celebratory moment. Nice, nice. Okay, we need a recap of the stats though. We can't leave people without that. So can you tell me the number of golds, Adam? Number of golds for the US. Ooh, the number of golds. Uh, Someone needs to have fact check me here, but I believe it's 39. Uh, 39 golds. Correct, you are correct. Uh, Thank you, Lindsay. Out of 113 total medals, which I believe is also now the third straight summer game streak for the U.S. Nice, nice. Okay, so what sports did we do the best in, would you say, Karen? 
Well, uh, like we said earlier, basketball, three by three, women's, um, women's basketball and men's basketball, um, all of one gold. The other one, I would say definitely we were dominant in swimming, um, surfing also, um, Chris and Moore won in the women's surfing, um, tournament. So that was pretty huge. Nice. What, what would you say was a big viral moment or the best viral moment for you, Lindsay? Oh gosh, obviously Simone choosing to leave, but I think at the end, watching Simone on beam, get her individual bronze after everything she went through the energy in the room that night was just amazing. Everyone was cheering for Simone and you could just tell she was so happy and so proud of herself as she should be. And that was just so exciting to watch. I mean, it was for me, like when I, I mean, I think the most Googled word of the Olympics was twisties. And when I finally like looked it up and realized like just how scary that must be, I was like, oh, she's, this is it. She's not, she's not going back out. I, I kind of counted her out in my mind because it just seemed so insurmountable. And then she goes and does that and, and proves all of us right and wrong at the same time. She's amazing. You guys, thank you so much for taking the time. I know it is super late there and you have stayed up to talk to me. I appreciate it. I know our listeners appreciate it. Have so much fun now, now that the work is over. Thank you, Jane. Thank you. Coming up, a lesson on the importance and beauty of rescuing pets. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is that time of year where people puts the spotlight on rescue doggies. Right now, we're in the midst of our world's cutest rescue dog competition sponsored by Pedigree, and there's still time to submit your pup. So head over to people.com backslash pets backslash worlds dash cutest dash rescue dash pet dash 2021. I know that's a lot. And put your fur ball in the running. You only have until Wednesday, August 11th. So Chad Atkins is the founder of Pawworks, which is a 100% no-kill animal shelter. All the doggies live there. And he stopped by the show with model and influencer Olivia Ponton recently to share why it's not only a good deed to rescue a dog, but that rescue dogs actually make the best pets. Take a listen. You can find almost every breed within the shelter system. Um, on top of that, I think the mutts make the best pets. I mean, not only do they don't always pick up that some of the bad genetic behaviors or illnesses. You know, they, I find they live longer. My longest living, you know, uh, rescue was 19 years old. It was an old Chihuahua Terrier. So, you know, I find that they have less health problems and, you know, they just, if you've ever had an animal who's been so stressed out most of their life and they just have that moment to relax. I don't know if you've ever seen it or you've ever experienced it, even with a human being. And they just kind of take that breath and they kind of lay into you. 
a rescue dog does that? I would say definitely. I think people have this misconception towards like rescue dogs that they're not going to be like as happy and like, you know, how, how they want a dog. They think that like something's going to be wrong with them because they are a rescue dog. And like they were stray at one point and that they're going to have more problems than like, I guess a purebred or like if someone, or if they would go and purchase the dog another way than a rescue dog, you guys almost have like this block in your brain where you think that they're not going to be, but then once they like, actually get to experience it, they like kind of just open their brains and became a little bit more open-minded which I think was like super important for a lot of people to see. They both make such great points, right? Well, my next guests know all about the virtues and vices that can come with rescuing a dog. Prancer is a two-year-old chihuahua who stole our hearts when his former owner, Tiffany Fortuna, posted a candid ad for him on Facebook because, as she said, he hates men, children, and other animals and was simply driving her family crazy. She famously likened him to a haunted Victorian child. (laughs) Well, a lot has changed since then. Prancer now has a forever home and a following of over 95,000 on Instagram. He and his pet mom, Ariel Davis, are here with me now to talk all about their new life together. Hi, Ariel. Hi, Prancer. How are you both doing? Hi, we're, uh, we're doing good. Thanks for asking. So awesome. So in the Facebook ad that was shared over 73,000 times, and we covered it here on People Every Day, uh, for Prancer back in April, his original owner made some pretty brutal claims about him. So listen to some of the things she had to say. Every day, we live in the grips of the demonic chihuahua hellscape he has created in our home. I'm convinced at this point he is not a real dog, but more like a vessel for a traumatized Victorian child that now haunts our home. So What were your initial thoughts when you read the ad? And then what led you uh, to drive two hours from Connecticut to New Jersey to adopt him from the Second Chance Pet Adoption League? Uh, When I read the ad, um, I was amused. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, I think that Tiffany did such an amazing job of really capturing some of his finer qualities. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Towards the end of the ad, she does mention that he was very loyal and protective and a lifelong friend. I read the article and and I actually, uh, Prancer reminded me a lot of a dog that I had um, a couple of years back, which has been talked about quite a bit. Um, so I gave it a shot and I really thought that there was absolutely no chance of anybody responding to me. Um, so they did respond pretty quickly and I reached out and, um, I wrote them a pretty extensive, um, explanation of where I was in my life and what led me to reach out to them and think that Prancer might be the right fit for me. Um, and why I might be the right fit for him. And it was it was love at first sight. I love that. And so you, you talk about some of the finer qualities that Tiffany lays out in that ad. And one of them that I know a lot of people picked up on was the man hating. <laughs> the fact that she said, he hates my husband. I don't know how to fix that. And I can't fix that. Um, what were some of the, the, the little things about him that actually you thought were pretty great? Tiffany did an amazing job of getting him out there and talking about, you know, what his personality was. And when I read that, every single thing that I read about his faults necessarily, the bad points were, I could see immediately that they were um, based on where he was. Um, You know, Tiffany took really good care of him. She helped him lose some weight. She gave him a place safe, a safe place to stay. Um, But he's an only child. 
And he is an only child that was, you know, had a lot of siblings at the time and he wasn't getting along with any of them. Um, and I knew that uh, my situation being a single woman, you know, with no chance for a man in my life, living by myself with another woman, um, would basically, you know, no other animals, no other pets. I, I felt that this was a place where he, we could iron out some of his <laughs> problems. Um, he's, he is, um, the, the first week was very honeymoon period because he was very calm. I was like, where is this dog that everyone's talking about? He's such a sweetheart. Um, and then like, so the, the story broke that I had adopted him. And so I'm getting all these interviews and I'm like, I don't know. He's wonderful. Like he's the best dog I've ever had. Um, but then that, that first, that second week he started to get comfortable and I was like, Oh my okay. God, dog is miserable. He's, he's ruining my life. He's, he's all <laughs> over the place. He's barking at everything. He won't be quiet. Um, but we got to know each other. And, um, I think that we're, a couple of months in now and we're best friends. He does have an inexplainable hate of men. Um, they, that is spot on the number one thing that Tiffany really got. Um, my stepfather is the nicest man I've ever met. And he walks into the room and Prancer knows he goes, he's growling and he's you know snarling and he's just, he's not happy at all. Prancer hides under the bed and growls nonstop. He knows <laughs> the door's closed, but Prancer knows when the gentleman gets up. So even if he just moves on the couch, Prancer like knows what's happening and he's like, not in my house. Um, so it's been um, interesting. That was Prancer the Chihuahua with new owner Ariel Davis. For more on them, head over to people.com. And now, something to make you smile. So as the parent of two kids under the age of seven, I know how easy it can be for kids, especially toddlers, to get away from you. And a mom in Cincinnati just showed the world what can happen when they do. So it was at a soccer match between FC Cincinnati and Orlando City, and mom Morgan Tucker sat front row with her two-year-old son, Zadek. Midway through the game, the little guy dashed on the field to play Pitch Invader that led to an impromptu game of cat and mouse. (laughs) But he was no match for his mom. She leaped on the green, caught him, and child in hand, she towed him off the field and back to their seats. So here's the play-by-play that I loved of the takedown, voiced and posted to Twitter by Chris Russell. First of all, this is the furthest a baby has ever made it onto the field, so full credit to the baby. Got a really good shoulder check here. Moral of the story, if you have a toddler, always have on a pair of great running shoes. Trust me, you'll need them. I will talk to you all tomorrow. Tomorrow. 